Hey, this is Pete Alonzo of the New York Mets, and you're listening to BT Talks Baseball on the 365 Sportscast Network. Take it away, Brett. Live from the launch pad in Huntington, New York, it's BT Talks Baseball, presented by 915 Construction and Design, home of Handyman Express. Now, here's Brett Topel. All right. Uh, it's time to get to my first guest. I'm so excited to have uh, Frank Catalano with us today. Frank was uh, drafted in the 10th round of the 1992 Major League Draft by the Detroit Tigers. And he probably doesn't remember this, but just a few days after he was drafted, he got to meet me in the offices of the old Smithtown News. He went on to play 14 years in the big leagues, mostly for the Tigers, Rangers, and Blue Jays, although he did finish his career with his hometown New York Mets. He's a proud Long Island native and resident. Frank, welcome to BT Talks Baseball. Thanks for having me, Brett. I appreciate it. Uh, it's always good to talk baseball with you, Frank. And, and I was wondering if you could just talk about what it felt like to get drafted and, and, and knowing that you were starting your journey to the majors. Well, it was awesome. You know, I was an 18-year-old kid. And, um, you know, uh, just weeks before I got drafted, uh, you know, I, I had no idea that that was even a possibility. Um, and then, uh, when it actually happened, I realized that, uh, Hey, you know, maybe I have a chance to, uh, to live out my childhood dream of, uh, of playing major league baseball. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of work that I had to do ahead of me and I knew that, but, uh, it was just a great feeling to, uh, to know that, uh, a major league organization wanted me and, and I'd have the opportunity. So you went on to uh, to eventually get with the Tigers, and you and you did play for Detroit in, in Detroit for three seasons before uh, moving on to Texas to play for the Rangers. And and that first season with Texas in two thousand, you really had a a, a really important splash uh, early on in the season. In in thirteen at bats, you collected ten hits and three walks uh, in thirteen straight plate appearances, I should say, uh, which still stands as a Texas Rangers record. That's about as locked in as a player can be, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's it's locked in, and especially that early in the season when you uh, do that, your your average. I think my average was at the time was like two forty or something like that. But then when you do that, it goes up to like four hundred. So uh, it was nice to, uh, and it gave me a lot of confidence looking up at the scoreboard after getting those uh, ten hits in a row. Um, and, uh, it was, you know, I was just, I was locked in and, and I was, um, seeing the ball great and I got some, some breaks along the way. And, uh, it was a good feeling to, to start with a new team to, to start like that. When you're in a, a, a streak like that of 13 straight plate, plate appearances where you're reaching base, is that something you're aware of? I mean, at what point did you know that was going on? Uh, yeah, it was probably after the, the eighth or ninth, um, I realized, cause obviously there were some walks, um, uh, that were mixed in there, but, um, you know, it, it's, it is something that, you know, as a hitter eventually, you know, you might go three for three, one game and then, uh, with a walk. And then the next game you go four for four and, you know, you're thinking to yourself, Hey man, I'm, I got a, a, a pretty good streak going right here. And, uh, it seems like, you know, the more you think about it, um, you know, it, 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 it seemed like for me that the pressure started to mount um, instead of just I, I would have rather not know about it and, and not really uh, think about it. But it seems like uh, it, the pressure does mount and you try a little bit harder once you know it. 
the following season, Frank, in 2001, uh, you had what was, uh, to that point, uh, your best year in the majors. You batted 330, which was fifth in the American League. You, you hit 11 homers, 31 doubles, 15 stolen bases. Was that the season where you felt you really hit your stride in the majors? Yeah, I think so. That was the season that kind of put me on the map and and made me realize that I could be uh, an everyday player and a starter uh, in the league. And, um, you know, playing in Texas, it, it was that ballpark in Arlington was my favorite uh, ballpark to play in. And um, it was uh, the fans there were great. And it was just it was it was great to to, to not only, you know, what you get to the big leagues and, and you're happy. But then once you you know, put up a season where you feel like, Hey, I'm going to stay here for a while. Uh, it was, it was pretty special. And I knew that, uh, you know, I, I was, I was a big leaguer and I could, could hang with those guys. One of the things that I think was so impressive about that season as well is, you know, you mentioned that you, you knew you were there to stay, but you also, you played five different positions that season. You played first, second, third, left and right field. First of all, um, had, had you ever played all those positions in a single season uh, at any level? And how much of a challenge is it for you uh, as an everyday player, but not necessarily knowing where you're going to be on a daily, day-to-day uh, basis? Yeah, no, I, I hadn't played all those positions. It, it seemed like it just uh, it was uh, it came to be a necessity. Some guys got hurt. And uh, I had to play these different positions. And, and it was it was difficult at first because not knowing, you know, going to the ballpark, not knowing if I'm going to be in the lineup and if I am, you know, where I'm going to be playing. Uh, it was tough to prepare mentally for that. You know, I'm the type of guy that likes to uh, prepare and visualize the night before uh, and not being able to do that was a little bit difficult. But you get used to it and you realize, all right, well, Hey, I got to prepare for every single spot, every single position that I might play in. And, uh, you know, it, it definitely was a blessing that they did, um, want to use me at different positions. Cause I, I felt like it, uh, it made me more valuable and, and it definitely extended my career. One of the things in 2003, you moved on to the Toronto Blue Jays. And, and, and once again, not unlike uh, when you quickly made your mark in Texas, you quickly made your mark in Toronto because uh, you had a game where, and you and I have spoken about this game in the past, but it, it's, it's such an impressive uh, accomplishment that I wanted to take some time to talk about it again tonight uh, when you went six for six. And, you know, it's one thing to go three for three or four for four because you're, you're obviously locked in for a game. But six for six is not... Uh, common. It's quite rare, as a matter of fact. And uh, you that's a that's also a Toronto record that stands to this day. Can you talk a little bit about that day? Yeah, I was you know, it's just one of those days that uh, that I'll remember forever because I was I was so locked in and the ball was uh, the ball looked like uh, a beach ball coming in. The, the game slowed down. And, and as a hitter, you know, those days are few and far between. But um, you definitely remember them. And, and, you know, when you can be up at the batter's box and and the game slows down and you're you're guessing right. Uh, and you just know that, uh, you know, if he throws the ball over the plate, I'm going to put a good swing on it and I'm going to hit it hard. Um, that's all you can ask for. And, and and obviously, once you hit the ball, you don't know exactly, you know, you have no control of whether somebody's going to catch it or not. Uh, so obviously, I did get some luck uh, and, I, and I did find some holes. Uh, you know, all the balls weren't scorched. They weren't all hit that hard, but I did find some holes. And uh, it's just a good feeling when you're up there and you know you're you're going to put a good at bat, uh, a good swing on the ball, a good at bat, and um, uh, you know could, because there are so many other times when you're slumping and you know you feel lost at the plate and uh, 
you know, it, it's, uh, it goes the other way as well. So when you get those, those times that you're feeling good, uh, you remember them. So I'm sure if you had three more at bats that day, you probably would have went nine for nine, right? Uh, well, listen, I, you know, I feel like, uh, I was going to put a good swing on every single pitch up there. So yeah, I, I, I told the guys, uh, I think Reed Johnson said, Hey, it's only the, the fourth inning. You've already got four at bats. He said, you might get six at bats. And I said, listen, if I get six at bats, I'm going to get six hits. Cause I just know I'm going to hit the ball hard somewhere. And luckily I was able to, uh, to get those at bats. How important, how important is it to have a game like that? And how does a game like that, um, kind of affect the rest of uh, your, not your, the season necessarily, because obviously uh, baseball is very day to day and it's, it's, you're facing a different pitcher every day. And you know, that, that has a lot to do with, with how you're going to uh, your approach both mentally and uh, you know, physically. But um, how much does a day like that six for six uh, instill your confidence moving forward? Uh, It's so tremendous. I mean, you know, they talk about it all the time, how, how the game of baseball, there, you know, you have to have confidence and, uh, uh, it, it's so true. I mean, if you go up to the batter's box and, and you don't feel like you're going to get a hit, I mean, you're not going to get a hit. So, uh, when you have a day like that, it just lets you know, uh, you know, that, Hey, um, you know, I, I, I've got a chance every time I come up to the, to, to the plate and, uh, and that's what it felt like. And, you know, it, you know don't get me wrong. There were times that year that, I slumped and there were times that, uh, you know, I didn't feel good at the plate, but at least it kind of gets you off the hook a little bit and lets you know, Hey, you know, I'm seeing the ball good. And, and, uh, you know, this confidence is going to carry me through, uh, another week or two weeks or, or more. You played for the Toronto Blue Jays for a few seasons. Then you returned to Texas for a, a second, uh, second little career there. And, and you played one season in Milwaukee before spending part of the 2010 season, which was would end up be your final season with the New York Mets. And while it's certainly not your most successful season, uh, you didn't play that many games for, for the Mets. Uh, what was it like for, for you to finish your career playing in New York? Oh, it was awesome. You know, I've always, I had always dreamed about playing in New York um, and to be able to finish my career uh, you know, being able to sleep in my own bed and, and, and commute to work and have my family and friends there and, uh, you know, play at city field. It was, it was really awesome. And, uh, you know, it, when, uh, Omar Manaya called me during that off season and asked me if I'd be interested, you know, I, I jumped at it because, uh, I figured, uh, what a great opportunity to end my career in New York. And, and I'm so glad I did it. Obviously, it didn't work out and I wasn't there for that long. Didn't get to play many games, like you said, but it, it was nice to, that I have uh, those memories. And uh, it was nice that my family and friends were able to, to come out and see the games, uh, you know, that were so close. You know, looking back at it, uh, you know, as a kid who grew up in Smithtown, Long Island, and uh, you got to uh, play 14 years in the majors. And like you said, finish your career playing uh, for the Mets, uh, I mean, do you ever just take a step back and, and, and what, what's your, what is your overall take on, uh, on your major league career? Well, it, my take is, is I, I, I was so blessed and so fortunate, you know, there's so many kids that, um, dream of it and would love to be major league, a major league baseball player. And, and I, I'm one of the kids that got that opportunity. Uh, I never lose sight of that. And, and I'm thankful for, for, for that opportunity. I thank God all the time for, 
um, for putting me in that position and, and, you know, helping me realize my dream. So, um, it's, yeah, there's a lot of times I have to pinch myself and, and, uh, say, well, man, I can't believe, you know, I actually did that. And with every year that passes by it, uh, it's almost more amazing to me. Like I watched these guys on TV and I was like, wow, I was, you know, I was one of those guys at one point. And, uh, you know, I'm glad I have, uh, the memories and, you know, my dad, videotaped uh, you know uh, taped every single game that i played in and and uh, it's great to be able to look back and look at pictures and videos and stuff like that so uh, again very fortunate and and uh, very lucky um to be able to play in the major leagues Frank, I know recently you've gotten into coaching. You were the head coach at uh, New York Institute of Technology. Um, can you talk a little bit about what it's been like to be on that side of it? And and is managing something that you would be interested in doing in professional baseball? I actually loved it. I didn't know, uh, you know, coaching was never something that I thought um, I'd want to do. Uh, but when I got the opportunity and, and I coached these guys, um, I loved it. And I'm passionate about it. And, you know, um, I, I learned a lot over the years, uh, in, in minor, the minor leagues and in the major leagues and to be able to, um, you know, help these guys with not only the mechanics of the swing and fielding, but also the mental part of the game. You know, I'm able to, to, to talk to 18, 19, 20 year old kids, uh, and help them and teach them, uh, and teach them things that I learned when, you know, I was in the major leagues and, you know, in, in my mid twenties and 30 years old, 30 years old. Um, so, uh, it's, I, I love it. Uh, I loved it. And, and unfortunately, uh, the school dropped athletics, uh, after COVID hit. And, uh, I would love to, uh, to manage in, at, you know, uh, in the minor leagues and the major leagues at some point, uh, you know, once my girls, my kids are, are out of the house potentially, but I definitely want another crack at, uh, at college coaching and hopefully an opportunity will, will arise at some point. You know, Frank, before I let you go, and we're talking to Frank Catalanato, a uh, 14-year Major League veteran, I wanted to give you an opportunity. Uh, you and your wife, Barbara, uh, have a fantastic foundation, the Frank Catalanato Foundation, and I wanted to give you a few minutes to, to talk about that and, and, and let people know, know what that's all about and how they could help. Yeah, so the Frank Catalanato Foundation um, uh, is a foundation that Barbara, my wife, and I started uh, in 2001. Uh, my daughter was born with a vascular birthmark on her nose, and uh, we kind of had nowhere to go. The, the local doctors really didn't know what they were doing, uh, you know, and, and she wasn't getting the proper help. So luckily, uh, we were able to get in contact with the Vascular Birthmark Foundation, and they helped uh, they helped my daughter Morgan out, uh, finding her the right uh, surgery options, laser surgeries, and uh, you know, after a few years, these uh, this vascular birthmark was was totally gone, and uh, so we we were very grateful and thankful for for how the Vascular Birthmark Foundation uh, helped us out. So we started the Frank Catalanato Foundation and and we helped promote promote awareness and, and also raise funds for the Vascular Birthmark Foundation. And, and we run a golf outing every year um, in the summer. And it's uh, it's been great. You know, we've raised a lot of money for them and, and for our foundation. And uh, I'm, I'm just happy to be able to give back to them because uh, they helped us out so much. 
Well, Frank, I've known you and your family for many years, and it's, it's been great, uh, so great to watch uh, your career and see your success. And I thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us tonight on, on BT Talks Baseball. Thanks a lot, Brett. Take care. Talk to you soon. That's Frank Catalanato, just a, a really classy guy and uh, somebody who's very proud uh, of, of where he's from. And, and he, he actually lives uh, in, on Long Island still. And uh, he's just the work he does with the Frank Catalanato Foundation, him and his wife, uh, is just tremendous. So I thank him for, for joining us today.